0: Thank you, Jeannie and John, for your uh, willingness to share that. Uh, grateful for our church family. If you want to open your Bible to 2 Chronicles, I will tell you up front, I'm going to be really quick this morning. Because I know some of you are looking at the clock. And that's okay. 2 uh, Chronicles chapter 7, while you're turning there. Uh, wow, what a, what a great... Lead into uh, our service and what we're going to talk about today. Last week, we did start a series called Reach, and for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about reaching higher, reaching deeper, reaching wider into our community. How do we do that? What does it look like? And uh, we kicked off this series a couple of weeks ago on the 13th of October, talking about what is our mission as a church? What is generally speaking as a church? What has God called us to do? Uh, we're going to be discovering over the next few weeks what our particular mission is here at Crossroads. And so on Sunday mornings, since the 13th, I've been going around to Sunday school classes, so I'm coming to yours soon uh, to get feedback from you. It's hard to do that in a worship service like this with this many people, but to get feedback and to ask you, what do you feel like God is doing here at Crossroads? Because you and I are a collective pieces of the big puzzle. And so we're going to figure that out together. And uh, probably I think most of you probably got a letter from me this week Hopefully if you're not on the mailing list for the church or the email list See one of the staff and we'll get you on there But we are going to be uh, talking and praying most importantly praying We do a lot of talking we need to do a lot more listening We're going to do a lot of praying and asking the lord where he wants us to go as a church family And uh, last week we talked about uh, The uh, the funding for that Because it takes money to do ministry So uh, we've talked about the mission Last week we talked about show me the money, funds for the mission This morning I want to talk about something much more important And that is fuel for the mission See a lot of churches uh, get incorrectly that the fuel for the mission is money It does take money to do ministry But the fuel for the mission of God is prayer It's prayer And we are mostly... Generally speaking again in the church That's kind of an absent thing And so I want to go ahead and tell you at the invitation this morning if you're able I'm going to call our church family again as I did last sunday to a time of prayer I'm going to be inviting as many of us that can get down here at the altar To cry out for god's guidance for our future if if you are looking for one person One man one pastor to do that job. I need to tell you, you got the wrong guy I'm seeking god But it's going to take all of us seeking after him to give us the direction of where he wants us to go I I was thinking this morning about a pastor friend of mine. He shared this story They're going through a similar time in their church And they're talking about giving and they're talking about prayer And he said I got to tell you this story about what happened with a family in in our church He said we had a family and they were trying to teach their seven-year-old daughter about giving And so he said the offering plate came by and we had given her two quarters to put in the offering plate that sunday And he said the offering plate came by and there she was with those two quarters And she was just holding on so tightly and the offering plate kind of stopped And people were looking around like what happened? Did it get sucked into a vacuum or what? And they looked down and here she is and the mom is kind of saying sweetheart You gotta you gotta put the quarters in there. You gotta put the quarters in there So she finally dropped the quarters in the offering plate and they went about their merry way and they went home and that afternoon, he said, uh, he said, my wife was at the sink and she was washing the dishes from lunch and she looked through the window at the back and he said, our daughter's swinging in the swing and she's just, she's having this conversation and you know, she's, she's pointing and talking and he said, my wife stepped out on the back patio long enough to hear our daughter say, and Lord, I just want my quarters back. I said, she may have a little bit more teaching to do with that little girl. (laughs) So that's kind of where we find ourselves uh, last week and this week, in that mix of talking about giving and talking about prayer. And uh, if you missed last week or the week before, just to reiterate real quickly, my prayer for us, you and me, collectively, me leading, is that I would be a person of generosity and I would be a person of prayer. Can I just confess to you this morning, that probably is uh, one of the weakest links in the church and sometimes in my own life is prayer, because it's an intimate, very intimate thing. And so we find ourselves this morning, very quickly, we're going to look at this passage of scripture. Most of us know the particular verse we're going to focus on in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, and we're going to find out some things that are kind of prerequisites, if you will, to prayer and actually what happens when we pray I look at what's going on in our country in our world and even in the church world And I can get a little bit fearful Because we have forgotten The importance of prayer so we're going to look at some prerequisites Let me read our key verse to you this morning for sake of time and encourage you To go back and look at the earlier verses in this chapter i'll make reference to But most of us know this verse 2nd chronicles 7 14 says My people who are called by my name If they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face And turn from their wicked ways and I will hear from heaven I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land This is a promise that God gave to Solomon after the dedication of the temple And so if you read the previous verses of this chapter they've had the dedication They've came and they've sacrificed uh, tens of thousands of animals in in honor of god to recognize this place as being a place of worship and a place of prayer god has thrown down fire from heaven as he did a couple of times in scripture which is pretty awesome i can't imagine you know being on the scene and seeing fire come down from heaven i wish someone would make a motion picture of that but the fire comes down and then all the people begin to proclaim he is good and his love endures forever oh he is good and his love his mercy endures forever And then it gets to this verse in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And he gives us some very key points that I want to just look at this morning and talk briefly about. The first prerequisite he gives us as we enter into this relationship of prayer is to know God. He actually says something very interesting. He says the words, my people. And if you do the research on that, And back in the Bible history Back in the earlier chronological Back in the earlier chapters of the Bible And books of the Bible You'll find out that those words My people God did not use those very often And when he did it was purposeful He uses those words to describe That it is a two-way relationship No doubt most of us in here would say we know God But here's the bigger question this morning Does God know you? Does God know you? Are you and I close enough that we have a first name relationship? Because he wants to know you as much as we should get to know him. This was the title. My people was the title that was given to the people of Israel. When God promised them the promised land, he said, my people, my people, that was an important phrase, my people. And so it's important if, as we move forward in God's future that we know God. The second thing that we see there that's equally important is humility. Oh my goodness, we live in a world where I'd, i I'm not sure anybody knows the definition of that. Because it's always about numero uno. It's always about me. I hope this week, as you had those envelopes, you had an opportunity to turn your eyes outward and to think about others. Humility is the opposite of being proud. That attitude, attitude of humility prepares us to pray. We, we can't enter into God's presence with pride or proudful attitude. We have to enter into His presence with humility. The Bible talks a ton about humility some of you will know these verses james 4 10 says humble thyself in the sight of the lord ephesians 4 2 says be completely humble and gentle be patient philippians 2 3 do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit rather in humility value others above yourselves that is a verse our world needs to memorize value somebody else above yourselves when we come into that attitude of prayer that time of prayer and we engage with God we're recognizing God I don't know it all only you do so we're humbling ourselves before him and acknowledging who he is colossians 3:12 says therefore as God's chosen people holy and dearly loved clothe yourselves with compassion Kindness humility gentleness patience and there's so many others proverbs 22 4 i've got to share this one Humility is the fear of the lord Its wages are riches and honor and life its payoff in other words if we're humble is is honor and life And that's what happens when we engage with god you know i'll be honest sometimes in ministry life And in the church world and in our culture especially, it's easy to think that it's all about us or all about our church. And it's ultimately all about Him. He's the one that we serve. He's the one that we worship. I came across this quote this week and it said this. No height attained, no work done, no blessing received is in itself sufficient to ensure our continuance in His favor. Nothing but continued Fidelity can do that Continued humbleness, continued searching and seeking after the Lord So we've got to humble ourselves it's, it, it's interesting when you think about that as you enter into prayer As another prerequisite of moving forward into the future prayer The great prayer of Solomon that we read here You actually have to go back into the earlier book of the Bible in 1 Kings Was actually when he prayed that first prayer that that the lord is referring to here The lord says right before second chronicles chapter uh, chapter 7 verse 14 In verse 12, he says the lord appeared to solomon at night and said to him. I have heard your prayer Well, what prayer is he talking about? He's talking about a prayer that he prayed way way long ago What does that tell us about prayer? We need to be persistent in prayer the new testament says that many times Most of us give up after praying I remember in in a church where I grew up in Spartanburg a mom Who'd been praying for her teenage son who was very rebellious He was actually kind of in the same age group as me in youth group And she prayed and she prayed and she would share this with some of the youth leadership I'm praying for my son. I'm praying for my son A year went by and she was still praying for her son praying for her son Two years went by she's still praying for her son praying for her son. I gotta be honest. I'm I'm thinking god's not listening Give up I mean i'm just being honest Don't look at me like i'm i'm crazy. Some of you have been there. You know what i'm saying You've prayed for things in your life month after month and you're just like, okay, god's not listening I give up. She was relentless and persistent. She prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed I remember in the service Eight years after she made that known that her son was wayward and he went from being 18 to about 26 She's in the choir loft and when she did, they just got through with special music. She sits down before the pastor even stands up to preach. Here comes this young man in the back door of the church coming down the aisle, weeping, running to the altar. And she stands up and she comes out of the choir loft. Revival broke out. Because some people realized they weren't being very persistent when it comes to prayer. This answer came many years after the actual dedication of the temple. And my friends, it's a reminder to me that the building, the dedication that happened here in this chapter, and I wish we had more time this morning, this dedication that happened, that was Solomon's work, and that's great because Solomon did his part. But the consecration was God's work. We can have a great building, we can have all the sound, all the pyrotechnics, lights, everything else, but trust me, if God's not here, we're wasting our time. It's God's presence that makes the difference. We live in a culture, especially right now, where we think we have to have certain formulas, certain things to make God show up. I'm all for being open and helping people be able to connect and obviously removing any obstacle that will prevent people from connecting to God. But there's no secret formula. If there is a secret formula, it's one thing. It's the presence of God and the Holy Spirit. And that's why we pray to invite Jesus to come in here And to seek after him I remember growing up with my grandmother and she was one of the things that she taught me She's with the lord now is most often our prayers my prayers included sometimes Are my list of things that I want god to do Many times when I would hear her pray in those last few years of her life There weren't a lot of lists It was more of her praising God and recognizing that he was the most important thing and giving him honor and glory. It's a different kind of connection. I remember overhearing her pray, thinking the God that she's talking to is a different God than I know. Because it was intimate. And so that's the kind of prayer that we're talking about here. The Bible tells us all throughout the Old and New Testament about prayer. Psalm 145, 18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Paul said in Romans 12:12, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Dear friends, my hope is that we will become a people of prayer and seeking after God. Because... If we want to know the future, where he wants us to go, we can't get there without prayer. That is a prerequisite that we must have. The other thing we have to have, he says in these verses, not only humble themselves and pray, but to seek my face, to seek after him. And to give him attention is ultimately what that's meaning. To give God attention, to seek after his face. I love mornings like this. I love times where we can gather together and worship like this. Times where we can gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ is very, very important. Why is it important? It's a time where we can all come together and seek the face of God corporately. Say, ah, I can do that by myself. Yes, you can. But we need to do that together. And there's balance. Because we also need to be out in the world being the light of Jesus. So there is a balance. Our effectiveness out there outside the walls will be directly proportionate to how much we engage with each other inside the walls. That's not to say that being here every time the doors are open are going to make you more effective out there. Trust me, I grew up in my late teens and 20s at the church all the time. And my spiritual growth, if you grafted it, was still like this. Why? I wasn't engaging. It's one thing to be present. It's another thing to engage. You can come on Sunday morning and you can sit and be present. But if you're not engaging with the Holy Spirit, you're just sitting. Stay home. I'm serious. I love you. I do love you. Trust me, I wouldn't be here. But we've got to engage with each other. And be intentional with our time. If we really engaged and we were intentional for the one or two hours on Sunday morning, oh my goodness. This culture around Crossroads, around Five Forks would look totally different. Because we would be corporately seeking the face of God. And in reality, it's what happens. Let me say this, dear, dear friends. What happens during the week, the other six days of the week is more important than what happens in here. So if what happens in here is of grandiose importance, then what happens out there is even more important because out there is where you actually put into practice what we should be learning in here. So that's why he's giving these words to Solomon. My people who are called by name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And here's the hard one. I did not want to even talk about this one this morning, I'll be honest. But this is what he says. Turn from their wicked ways. Let's just close the service. I don't even want to go there. You are looking at a sinful person. You're looking at a person who, just like you, struggles every week to make sure I keep my heart and my mind in check before the Lord. We we have we have watered down this part of scripture. I believe in the church generally speaking That as long as we show up and we go through the motions of worship Regardless of what we do during the week god overlooks that men and women Please hear me this morning and i'll be the first to stand in front of you just like paul and say i'm the chief of sinners My grandfather had this saying God can strike a straight lick with a crooked stick, but he'd rather have a straight stick to to strike a straight lick Don't ask me to say that again. (laughs) Because when he would say it, I'd be like, run that by me one more time. What he was saying is God can use people that are flawed and broken, and we all are. And God can occasionally use people who we all have seen them. We've seen them in the church people that are mightily used by god and then something comes out about their life and you're like what in the world how is that going on yes god can use broken people and even use people that are doing wicked things because god is just capable don't ask me how i don't know that's a subject we'll talk about some other time but he can but he would much rather use people who are surrendered in purity to jesus I've seen it happen and so have you. I've seen people that have, just like Moses, that have no gifts. There's no pyrotechnics in the service. Nothing happens. They're struggled to even get through the message. And you watch them and you're like, "Oh, well, nothing's going to happen. All of a sudden, revival breaks out. And you wonder why? Because it's a purity of heart. They have turned away from wicked things and God is going, I'm going to use them. Even though they might not be the most talented person, they are pure and holy before me. So what am I saying? I'm saying that if you or I this morning are struggling with any wicked thing in our life, you know what they are. I don't need to run the gamut, run the list for you. You know. If there's some struggle in your life, can I humbly beg you before God to deal with it this morning? And I'll actually humbly beg you to do something else. Confide in somebody that loves you enough that will help you get whatever that is out of your life to be pure and holy before God. That's why accountability is so important. I have people in my life that hold me accountable. I think about this whole issue and I think about Billy Graham. Dr. Billy Graham, one of my heroes of the faith. Who would not get in a car with the opposite sex? He would not go into a hotel room if there was a television. He would instruct his team to go in there and take out the TV. Of course, now that was before you could get everything like that on your on your smartphone. He went through all kinds of things so that he could stay pure and holy before God. Because he understood that the world can slowly seep in And the world can seep in out there and the world can slowly seep in in here So we've got to turn from our wicked ways we've got to do something again We don't talk about a lot and that is repent I grew up with the old time revivalist preachers and evangelists I used to think the word repent I, I actually didn't know what it meant I just knew when they said it they hit the pulpit really hard repent, you know, and I was like, whoa, what, what does that mean? Repent. It's a simple word that simply means this. We are headed one way and we repent. We turn from our wicked ways and we start going this way. And what we do, I do, you do a lot of times is we're going this way. We get into some kind of sin or temptation or wickedness and we go, God, I'm sorry. And we keep on walking in it. That's not repentance. Remind me of that. I'll remind you of that. We need to remind each other of that. Because the world has a different picture of what repentance is. I don't want their picture. I don't want their picture. So those are the prerequisites to move forward. But then what does he say to us? The first thing quickly, he says, God says he will hear. We need God to hear us. We need God to hear us. Earlier in these verses again I want to wrap up I wish we had more time He actually talks about his heart He actually uses the word Earlier in this chapter uh, Actually it's verse 16 He says Now I have chosen and consecrated this house That my name may be there forever Here's the key phrase And my eyes and my heart Will be there perpetually It's Very few times in scripture Where you see God say that he has a heart You hear him refer to his eyes and his ears and his hands and feet and those kinds of things. But this is one of the few times in scripture where God talks about his heart. The other time is in the beginning in the Genesis when he talks about how his heart mourns because creation has fallen into sin. So it's pretty important if God is referring to his heart right here. What he's saying is my eyes, my ears, my heart will be there. I will hear if you'll do those things, those prerequisites. The second thing that he says is not only you'll hear from heaven, but he will forgive. I stand in need of the forgiveness of God. And I'm so thankful that I have it based on the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. Because there is none righteous, no, not one. The wages of sin, the wages of my wickedness is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I must call upon the name of the Lord to be saved, yes, for salvation, but I must daily call upon the name of the Lord and turn from my wicked ways, and he will forgive when I call on him. The Bible says if we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's the good news. If you're one of those friends who finds yourself with some wicked things going on in your life, repent, ask God to forgive you, and He will. If you bring it up again, God goes, what are you talking about? He's the only one in the world that has the the ability to not only forgive, but to forget. We struggle with that, don't we? Number three, and the last one as we wrap up, the Bible promises He will heal their land. Our country needs to hear from God. Our country needs to be forgiven. Our country needs to be healed, but... Men and women of God, so does the church. And we can't complain about out there till we get things in here. The fuel, the fuel for the mission where God wants to take us as a church family is prayer. The money will come, and we're going to be talking about that in the next few weeks. What God wants you to do to invest in his local body of believers through Crossroads, but the question today simply is this. Will we be a people of prayer? So here's how I'd like for us to end this morning And I understand some of you may need to slip out for work or have an appointment If you do, you won't offend me, feel free to slip out the back But this morning I'm going to invite you While the music plays For us as a body of believers of Crossroads Baptist Church To come down and to seek after God this morning If you find yourself here this morning and you're going I don't even have that relationship with Jesus today The same prerequisites that he laid out for us to know our future are the same prerequisites to come to know Jesus. You humble yourself before him. You call out on him in prayer and he will forgive you and he will heal you. And so if you find yourself in that position this morning, I'll be down here at the front. Heath, Joey will be here at the front. But I'm gonna invite you, Crossroads. Would you join me at the front and let's pray together this morning as we close. Who will come and join me this morning? We're gonna pray together, conclude our service. So if you can, can and you're able, I would invite you to come and let's pray out to God this morning. I'll give you a few minutes. If you want to grab a pew, if you want to kneel, that's fine. If you want to stand, that's perfectly fine. Wherever you can get, just as we as a body of believers at Crossroads could seek after the Lord together this morning. Thank you so much. This morning through some things to pray if you need help this morning and then i'll close this would you ask the lord to make us a people after his own heart people of generosity of generous hearts a people of prayer would you just spend a few moments asking the lord to make us those kinds of people Would you ask the Lord to help us become a humble people? Would you ask the Lord to make us a pure people, to remove any wickedness in us individually as a church family? And for you individually, if you need need to have a time of confession right there where you are, that's perfectly fine. Just ask the Lord to forgive you this morning. Father, we come to you this morning, we are desperate for you, God. And forgive us, Lord, forgive me when we act like we're not every breath that we breathe is a gift from you Lord I pray this morning for these friends for this family known as Crossroads Baptist Church God I, I pray as I've been praying that you would make us a people of prayer Lord that you would help us to humble ourselves before you, not just today, not just physically like some of us are doing in this auditorium, but Lord, each and every moment of every day, would we live lives of humility before you, recognizing that you are holy and awesome and huge. And Father, I pray this morning that you would make us the kind of men and women, the kind of disciples that you desire us to be, Lord. Because ultimately, we recognize this morning that if we are not seeking after your face, if we're not calling upon your name, Lord, then, then what, are, what are we doing? Are we just going through the motions? Are we going through our own plan? I confess to you this morning, Lord, as one of the shepherds of this church, God, that I, I can't do this by myself. Our staff can't do this by ourselves. We, Holy Spirit, we need your leadership. We need your discernment. We need your wisdom. Your vision, as we've sung about this morning, your guidance. Please, please, God, please do not leave this to ourselves. We so desire to be in the center of your will. We know that if we are and when we are, God, that miraculous things will happen, that only people will credit you for the results. And that is our desire, God, that you would get all the glory, you would get all the honor, So, Lord, in these moments as we seek after you, I pray, Father, that if there is any wickedness among us, any wickedness among me as the pastor of this church, Lord, that you would forgive me, that you would forgive us, that you would heal us. How can we go out into a world and share about healing when we ourselves need healing? Would you heal us today, Lord? Maybe there's some bitterness. Maybe there's some unforgiveness. Maybe there's whatever, God. Would you take that? Would you heal us We claim the promise in your word this morning that if we confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord. We know in and of ourselves we bring nothing to the table, but you are the Holy One. Thank you for today. Thank you for the power of prayer. Lord, may this be a consistent practice in our lives God a consistent discipline that we're seeking after you thank you for the privilege to serve with these friends thank you for the fact that you hear us this morning not because you owe us anything but because you're our heavenly father and you you're listening and we thank you and we pray that you would answer our prayer in the days and weeks and months ahead and that we would be patient on your timing much like Solomon and we would give you the glory for what you do in Jesus name and all God's people said, amen. amen, amen. Thank you, Crossroads. God bless you. Thank you for coming today. I hope you'll come back tonight for our uh, deacon ordination service for Brother Lewis. And uh, we'll see you. Any reminder announcements? We're good. God bless you. Give a neighbor a hug. Welcome somebody. We'll see you back tonight.